Hello, and welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I am Todd A., and joining me today is my co-host... Taylor Trask. Hey, hey. And also with us is Emily Kelly, first of her name, the get-turned ruler of her condo, maker of video games, mother of cats. Emily, <laughs> welcome to Wednesday in Westeros once again. We are so excited you are here for this episode. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, so this is uh, this is episode four uh, of season seven, the spoils of war. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I thought I would open it up with uh, asking like sort of general thoughts on on the episode, and and of course if you have too many re- revealing details, we can save that for later. But um, yeah, got any got any big thoughts on the whole thing? Well, I'll jump in. Uh, so obviously, we're going to talk about the the holy shit moment. You know, let's that will happen. We'll probably do that later. Other than that moment, though, what was odd about this episode, and not in a bad way, but just I kind of I've noticed it about halfway through. There was a lot of a lot of epic monologuing going on. Like every character had some kind of like soliloquy about life, or you know their their place in the world, or the 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 world itself. And I was just like, what what is happening right now? I just kind of kept <laughs> kept going. So it was just like as we as we talk about characters, I'm gonna think back to that and just kind of remind myself who had you know who had the better the better monologue and who didn't. Also, uh, this is the first episode to not feature Euron Greyjoy. Thank Christ. And oh, also, no, I missed him. Fe- I did. Yeah, and not to feature uh, <laughs> Sam doing something awful. So, oh, you know, yeah. win-win for everybody, I think. Yeah. Emily, did you have any uh, big overarching thoughts about it before we jump in? Um, I just had, like, this this constant sense of anxiety, like, throughout the whole uh. thing, basically. Like, like, not so much dread, but just, like, every place that we went to, like, every scene had some sort of anxious moment for me. Um and so I think too at the end at, at the the ending was awesome, but I was still super anxious about the whole thing, like for Drogon and like for Danny and stuff. But um, yeah, just a lot of anxiety, and it, it really dawned on me too of like the pacing of this season is so crazy. Like we're halfway through this season, yeah, and so much has yeah. happened. Yeah. Like four episodes, and like three people are dead. Like I mean, I just it, it really hit me in this fourth episode. Like shit, like th- it's only gonna get faster from here. Yeah, Let's yeah, hope. and it, honestly, last week I thought was not fast enough, and then this one was like pedal to the metal. So does that does that throw you off though? Because like yes. that's they've done this before, obviously, where they kind of like just you know, reverse. It's almost like you're driving fast in a car and you come to a sudden stop. You're like Jesus, and then kicks off again. Like is that? Yeah, we're getting some cool, cool, cool moments. But is that at the end of the day serving the show to or the story to its best degree, or is that just an unavoidable trapping of? this being TV and having to sat- satiate all of us. Yeah, I don't, I don't Emily? know. I don't know. Like, I, just, <laughs> I think that's just sort of the way it's rolling. Like, I don't, I don't know how it would change it, but yeah, that's I, just it. I, 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 with it. I don't know what they would do differently. Huh? It's like, I, you know, cause it's, uh, if you're in the writer's room and it, on, honestly, it's mostly just Benioff and Weiss. Like if you're in their <laughs> office or apartment or wherever they hit, wherever they decided to write, like you're just like, you, you, you know, they're sitting there going, Oh my God, we have got to get the dragons out on the battlefield now. Can we finally do it this episode? Finally, please, please. And then they decide to, but not <laughs> without a lot of other stuff first. Well, I know that one of the things that's kind of, I, I don't know that uh, bothered me is the right explanation. It just, you know, I, I didn't really catch on right away. Um, but uh, 
this guy, I think his name is Ira Madison on Twitter. I'm so sorry if I got that wrong. Um, but uh, he tweeted out a big long string yesterday about how Game of Thrones is really not sort of doesn't fit into the whole genre of like the golden age of television. It's more like a soap because any episode could kind of begin and end anywhere. And, and I, once he said that, I was like, Oh, it all clicked, you know, like, Oh, you're right. That's totally how, like I had just before watching this episode thought like, I, you know, I kind of sometimes grudgingly watch because it feels like a soap opera. Like even if nothing happens Mm. or even if only like 10 minutes is exciting, I got to watch the whole thing to see like how everybody sort of, walked you know to their next location or whatever you but it's what? an awesome episode like this you know it doesn't feel like a movie like a, a fully uh uh encapsulated episode like um like the battle of the bastards did last yeah. year yeah. but you know uh it has enough cool parts where i want to keep watching sorry you know what it does remind me of though now that you say that is an episode of dragon ball z and as we all know dragon ball z is a soap opera for teenage boys or men in their 30s who love dragon ball z and it's just i didn't didn't know that (laughs) oh you know it totally is like it's got this i could do a whole blog post about how dragon ball z is to days of our lives like the the pacing sort of the way they go about it but a lot of the stuff of dragon ball z is there's a lot of monologuing and then there's one killer moment that you're like, oh my God, it's all been worth it. Like any, any slow or just sort of misused episodes, it just, they all fade away for that one killer moment. I think like we got that, we got that with Game of Thrones, at least last night. Well, we're going to save that moment till the end of this podcast, even though oh. last, last week we opened with <laughs> a big one. But uh, and we're going to do what we do, uh, have done before at least, where we're going to take it sort of location by location. Um, and our first location is Dragonstone. Um, where uh, we see John beckon Daenerys <laughs> into the, the big black cave where our uh, smoke fetus was birthed. Um, wait, is that is that true? Well, that was... Wait, was that not on Dragonstone? No, I no, thought that was, that was different. Yeah, yeah, they left yeah. Dragonstone to go hatch the, the smoke fetus somewhere else. <laughs> smoke um, fetus. But uh, <laughs> that... <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I want to say, John and Daenerys in that cave. Take it away, Emily. <laughs> what did you think of that? I mean, well, the, the last time John went into a cave with a woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, kind of disappointed. I was like, "F, this is sort of your bit, dude. Like, you couldn't." That's just the order. So I really loved this scene and it was really, there was a lot of scenes, a lot of parts in this, this sequence of events in the cave with them that I thought was really funny because Taylor points out in the notes of like, that (laughs) seriously looks like John and Diablos just like quickly drew all those pictures. Like, no, look, (laughs) just from like a story standpoint, that seems like really convenient. Like, oh, hey, I need to get into your, he called her your grace this whole time i know too i was like good good come here your grace i have something else to show you your grace these are some drawings that uh are not by davos and i yeah they were here he leans over davos is winking i'm like go on go on he's like yeah the children of the forest made him that's yeah like that's like what you say when you like fake your homework and you're like no i totally did that myself I mean, you could as a woman, I mean, but did you read that whole scene? I mean, like, it screamed to me, oh, he's trying to pick her up. I mean, like, even though he, he, I mean, he wasn't, like, everything he was doing was basically like, 
I mean, like it, it, everything was like, hey, come here, let me show you this. It's this beautiful. Now let me show you this super secret thing that only you deserve to see. Yeah. Can I call you your grace? Are you, you know, can you come fight for me? And she's, and it's just like the whole thing was just so, it's like a first date. It was interesting. I, it yeah, was adorable. I, don't know. I thought too, I mean, I thought it was maybe a little bit of a pickup, but also that he's just kind of learning, like, if I'm nice to her, Maybe she'll be nice, like typical boy, you know, if I'm nice yeah. to her, she'll be nice to me. Like if I call her your grace and I, you know, try to show this to her in a logical way, like maybe she'll, uh, you know, point. pay attention to me a little bit more, but like that also heart eyes forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, yeah, we were, we're really going inevitably towards the John Harris, uh, you know, union. Right. I mean, that yes. there's no other way here. So um great <laughs> well they're telegraphing i mean the show's telegraphing so hard that like and she keeps saying if you bend the knee and i'm just i'm i'm convinced now him bending the knee is going to be him asking her for her hand in marriage and not even for a not even for just a a, a way to to pay off that pun but like you think about how you know he, he keeps saying hey i can't you can't be queen. My people will never trust somebody from the South again. It's just not going to happen. The only way for him to really do that is to marry her. That way, you know, his people say, Hey, you're going to be King of Westeros alongside her. Uh, I guess we'll accept her as a result. I, I look at all that. He comes back. He tries to sell everybody on that. And I have this terrible feeling. Littlefinger is going to drop the, the Targaryen bomb on him. Uh, I was going to get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we will hypothesize when we get to Winterfell. Okay. But, uh, but I, but back to John, like, I just, I, I guess the thing is like, there's no way uh, for the show to get around it being like, they're related. Like they're, <laughs> that's his, that's his. Aunt, Do they need know? to though? I mean, they've already talked, I mean, for good Lord, two of the main characters have been screwing this entire time. Like at, you know, Cersei and Jamie, and we, like the show has kind of standardized that. And the show hasn't like, yeah, there's been some scoffing at brother and sister, but it's kind of romanticized that a little bit. Not to, I mean, there's certainly not taboo in the traditional sense with all this incest going on on this show. So like, would it behoove of them to be like, well, they're cut their nephew and, and, and aunt. That's a little different. It's, uh, you know, not quite the same. And, you know, we've shown you brother and sister. Like, does it, does it ever work? Does it, is there any, is there any scenario? Like, if you're not grossed out by that. Like, why would you be grossed out? Well, exactly. It's like, is there any scenario where this this does work, where the show goes, hey, we're going to put them together and you're going to like it. And we're like, okay, like, does that ever happen? I mean, and there's like a part in the book too, like, I can't remember which book it is, but Danny's still pretty young. And it might even be when her brother's still alive, when um, Viserys is still alive. But she says that like her ancestor is like, probably if I become you know, if we go back to Westeros and rule again, then me and my brother will probably get married. Yeah. Like that right. my brother, oh. like I will be one of his wives or something or, or vice versa. Like if my brother had lived, I could have married him and call Drago and then we'd be three dragon riders or something. So mm. I don't think, you know, I think it's maybe like our American sensibility is like, Oh God, what? That's so gross. But for her and in the context of this world, especially it's like, this is not gross at all, especially because they had, they have no idea. They didn't, unlike Jamie and Cersei who are literally grown in the same womb, grew up together their entire lives. Like they are just now meeting. I just, I don't, I'm not, I'm personally not grossed out by it. Okay. If that's something about me. So no, 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 no. Well, and maybe they, well, at this point, they're just characters we've come to know and love. Like, I, you know, 
it, 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 it's almost like you just accept the reality of the show at some point. Like the oh, world yeah, of the yeah, show of says, this is okay. You're like, okay, I guess. Well, and maybe they were, I mean, you know, it's subtle, but maybe they're kind of planting the seeds for that when they, a minute later, have Davos uh, talk to Missandei and she sort of explains like, well, we don't even have the concept of bastards where I come Ooh, from because we don't point. even have the concept of marriage. So good point. all these, all your Westerosi hangups. <laughs> <laughs> you bring some Essos culture yeah. into this whole, yeah. this whole throw yeah. that away. Also, is Davos sweet on her? Yeah, he's sweet. I'm sorry. Okay, good. I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the only one who like got that vibe because then I was laughing because I was. I was like, we're gonna talk about his wife again, aren't we? Like, we're gonna. Have I to think he's sweet. He's sweet on her from a marine standpoint. He's like, oh, she's adorable. I I feel very fatherly towards her. Like, where are you from, young lady? <laughs> it's like just it had that sort of you know awkward uncle vibe. Oh, Shireen, the uh, Shireen. Shireen. I'm sorry, yeah, not yeah. Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Shireen. Yeah, Marine Shireen is the place. Yeah. Shireen is the girl. I mean, that's what I thought too. But then he said in the part where Davos is probably my, one of my favorite lines in the whole show this week of where he's asking Jell, like, what do you think about Daenerys? And he goes, she has a good heart. And then Davos does that sick burn. He goes, yeah, I've seen you like looking at her good heart. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then when they see Missande, Davos said, speaking of a good heart. Mm. Yeah, like, oh. that's true. He, yeah. <laughs> he is a, like, uh, he's got a radar for like, fair and just good-hearted people i guess yeah i kind of <laughs> stannis was a big miss but you yeah, know, I was gonna say. justice was where he was going with, with i'm kind i was there's a certain point during that whole transaction though that i was kind of hoping john would like look at me and go why are you here again like just ask me like <laughs> like because it just it, it almost it was kind of an off-putting comment i just had this sense that john was going wait why is he here like what i, I didn't invite you like why are you, <laughs> you, you why are you here and, no anyway anyway <laughs> Well, also in uh, when we're at Dragonstone, we get the return of Theon, and um, there was a very I thought emotionally. I mean, I know it was there was an emotion there charged in that look between John and Theon, but I honestly thought there might be like a big forgiveness moment, uh, which was you know crazy in retrospect. But what? Where is this going? I, the whole Theon thing confuses me now because <laughs> the information about the defeat of you know the of the Greyjoys arrived well before he did um and now he's shown up and he declares he's going to ask Daenerys to you know to go to help him go get his sister back which is like so stupid I think yeah uh, I I don't I mean the whole Greyjoy plot at this point is like as much as I loved Yara last year it's just kind of a big wet sandwich right now. It's just like a, how how appropriate too. That was not yeah. that was not intended. A wet um, sandwich because they're pirates. The drowned sandwich. <laughs> um, I I just I don't you know I just don't care anymore. Like Theon has just like what what is Theon anymore as a character? Even if he frees his sister, like what you know what is she gonna do? What they're, they're all gonna die? The whole shit. The whole fleet's gonna die. <laughs> I just don't, I just, much like Littlefinger, much like there's, there's kind of a subset of these characters that I feel like we need to start wrapping them up now. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't play any part in the future of this goddamn show. Like, let's just get them out of the way as quickly and as interestingly as possible. And like, I feel like the the Greyjoys are firmly in that camp now. I'm just picturing the uh, Chappelle show skit where they have a wrap it up like buzzer, like for the Oscars that you can, like the home version of it. <laughs> yeah. And, like if Theon set, starts saying that and, and Davos just holds it up in the background, wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Starts the music to play him off stage. That's, um, why, but that's I mean, why Davos is there to do that. But I mean, really like there's no strategic reason Daenerys should 
even try to help Theon do this. So I think Theon's got to stage a like one, like he's got to find that heroism in himself and go like, I'm going to get her. That's got to yeah. be where his story is going, you know? I but, guess. but I agree with all the big, huge things that have to happen. I don't care about his single tiny story. But I mean, do you have any other insight on that, Emily, or any thoughts? Not really. I mean, he's kind of the one like out of all of them, like you can kind of see where their trajectories are heading, like based on books, based on what's happened to them in the show. But Theon's just sort of like there, like yeah. hanging now. Like, yeah. I don't, it's kind of like where we left off with the Greyjoys in the books was so ambiguous too. So they just kind of, they're just kind of making all this stuff up basically. Yeah. So, I mean, for most characters too. So I don't, I really honestly, my 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 guess is I have this vision now because you remember George R. R. Martin gave him gave the gave Benioff and Weiss his like outline you know for the rest of the books and everything so they at least had a guide. I have this I have this vision now of them like looking through that outline. They're you know they're writing down like oh Arya she comes back okay and let's see oh John he oh he finally meets Daenerys okay great and it just has Theon question mark like <laughs> there's just well, like even george r. r martin's like i don't know man i, yeah, I haven't or it's gotten just to like yet. missing to like rifling through all the pages like shit 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 you didn't include anything about theon god damn it what are we doing yeah. uh, well, so emily um remind us and remind me uh of where we leave the Greyjoys in the books okay i think man it's been a while since i read i just i remember Euron most prominently because he beats yara obviously for the king of pike the stupid king's moot sea shanty town um king king's moot and he's like okay i'm gonna go off and like sail across the ocean and marry genarius and that's kind of the last we hear like we're just we just assume like okay great he's he's gonna go do that i guess or he he, made he, it, does, he does no. not, as far as I recall, say he's going to murder his niece and nephew. No, he just personal vengeance towards them. He, yeah, he, they're just all like, "Cool, I guess we'll be here <laughs> waiting yeah. for you to do that." Like waiting for you to come back with a thousand ships and a you know a hot new wife. Like we'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, they're basically defeated at that point. I mean, the whole yeah. you know Queen's moot ends in nothing, and. uh yeah okay good that's where i thought we were <laughs> yeah. but it's like that's what i'm saying like it's so ambiguous like it just sort of like no you know we have no yeah. did he make it i don't know like we have no idea but taylor <laughs> I, towards your point i really i really think we're off book totally i don't think whatever outline supposedly that martin had that he gave to the showrunners i think it's I mean, what I'm sure they're being faithful to whatever outline he gave them, but I just doubt that any of the details were in there. You know, oh, probably not. You um, know, yeah, I think we're we're way out in just they've had to they've had to make so many decisions on how to wrap it up that yeah, they're yeah. they're just way out. So yeah. not that that's a bad thing. Um, someone did point out like a like someone emailed into the Storm of Spoilers podcast and pointed out that in the books there's this huge point in books four and five of how. Cersei is absolutely not like Tywin. <laughs> like everything she plans is like a horrible disaster, you know, and she can't lead. And and the show's going the opposite way and making it like, oh, she really is her father's daughter. And yeah. she learned all these like ruthless, uh, you know. I prefer that option, by the way. I, honestly, too. Yeah, I do too, too. Because yeah. George Martin might have this idea that he's going to bring her back around to that by book eight or 12 or whatever, but yeah. let's just get it over with at this point. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things like Ty, the, I, the idea of Tywin Lannister as a character is, as always, I've always loved it because it's a guy yeah. who took, you know, his father basically 
f the whole family like yeah. you know they were not rich like tywin built their fortune their dynasty their ambition like that's all on that dude so yeah like growing up i'm sure in his shadow was not very fun but the fact that seriously through it all could achieve that is kind of i kind of like that and just to have that you know have uh mycroft himself like validate that and say like you are your father's <laughs> daughter i was like oh there we go that must have felt good anyway Moving yeah. on, moving on. So, uh, I mean, for me, I'll just throw this in there because it's going to come up over and over is that there were so many incredible expressions from the actors in this episode and so many just sort of unspoken, silent communications. And at least here at Dragonstone, we get this great communication between Tyrion, uh, Tyrion and Danny, where, you know, uh, he says, we've taken Casterly Rock. And she's like, well, that's a good thing. And then there's this great exchange of glances and then isn't it? And then it's just them walking <laughs> along the shore, you know? Um, so anyway, uh, I, more of those looks are to come, but we're going to jump up to Winterfell and talk a little bit about Taylor's favorite uh, scheming guy, <laughs> Littlefinger, uh, <laughs> around whose neck the noose is clearly being tightened and... It's, it's, uh, there's, you know, and thankfully there's very few tricks left of his sleeve. This is my favorite episode in, for him though, because he, you know, he had this play and he's like, okay, my play is I'm going to come riding in and save the day. And Sans is my little puppet slash, you know, protege. And so she'll, you know, she'll basically, she'll be like, I'll marry you and unite, you know, unite the, or the two kingdoms and that, you know, <laughs> then he can go and attack uh, King's Landing or whatever it was. He had his whole thing mapped out. What he never counted on was a Stark who hated him, or a Snow, if you want to go that route. Another Stark who can <laughs> see his every move and his every ambition. Another Stark who's a master assassin. And oh, by the way, that protege of yours can totally, could totally see through your bullshit. So like, there, he, he's literally just backed into a corner. He's, you know, he has nowhere else to go. I, I don't see him doing anything else but just, you know, launching a couple more chaos bombs before he goes out. And that's <laughs> just like, that, you know, that's, that's, I don't know what those would be. My, my pick is that he reveals John, uh, John Snow's parentage. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. Anybody in the real world who isn't a, a raven, uh, you know, uh, a raven would know that it would be him. I just, I don't know. You know, he'll maybe he'll throw a couple, a couple things out. I think the, the Valerian, the blade is going to be, you know, the thing that uh, ends up, killing him I, I don't know just there was so much about this episode that it, i almost wanted him to die at the end of it because they had just sort of teased so much about him that i'm like oh just kill him off now like just do it you know don't even wait so hopefully hopefully sooner than later well he does ask uh a, wait does he ask the question of bran or does bran ask the question no he bran asked the question of him like whose blade was this originally whose uh whose dagger <laughs> emily do we know the answer to that through the books i don't think so i mean there was like a sleight of hand that little you know little finger says like oh yeah it was mine but i lost in a card game they did the same in the in the show too yeah um, wait no wait in the show i thought he gave it to Tyrion. no he lost he it lost it in a, in a, in a yeah. card game or something, uh, in a, okay. something so but it basically we never really know but you kind of get this sense though that because of all the scheming that he did to kill John Aaron to bring Ned to, to king's landing to figure out this lannister thing that probably that he had a hand in hiring the assassin and you know, maybe it was, maybe he, Tyrion had won it in a card game, but that Peter had stolen it back from him or something, you know, like I think it ultimately was always um, Peter's, but we don't know where it originally came from. I, I am pretty sure, but we did see it in that book that Sam had about um, Valerian steel and, and white Walker 
um, weapons. So it, it belonged to someone who had made it originally, but we just, I don't know who, who that is. So when he says, um, you know, the, the, that question is what started the War of the Five Kings. The War of the Five mm -hmm. Kings is what we have witnessed on Game of Thrones. That's not like an ancient yes. historical yes. thing. Yeah, it's, that is yeah, everybody, yeah, the yeah. war that happened after Robert's death and no one understood yeah. the proper line of succession. So, yes. yes. By the way, can I just throw out there real quick? Uh, just, I, it kind of bothers me when everybody in the show knows the names of things like we do. Like I, I'm thinking right. back to, I'm even like thinking back wedding. to, well, I'm thinking back to, to Hot Pie uh, last week or whenever it was, like two weeks ago, where he's like, he's like, oh yeah, he came back and won the Battle of the Bastards. I'm like, what was it like pay-per-view? You all tuned in? Like, how do you, how do you know that's what it was called? That's, that's what we call it. Like, how do you guys know that? It just little, little things like that. Every once in a while it'll happen. I'm, it just makes me wonder. Yeah, those are always like my favorite parts in the books and the show too, of like this really unique sort of delivery system for things like that, like where you go, like exactly like with Arya and Hot Pie, like she just went into a pub and learned something that she would have no business knowing if she had not gone to talk to someone else. So yeah. I always love those kind of moments, but you're right, like do who names them? Like Yeah, yeah. Was there like four other names for it and this one was like the best one? Like, well, I, I you know, usually in, in, when they do this kind of thing in fantasy movies or fiction you know or the film fantasy version they like or even like in books like if we call the battle of the bastards like in the world the show to be like you know the fight for winterfell or something you know something else it wouldn't be like mm -hmm. our slang for that thing um <laughs> you know so it's just like i don't know it's just it's always it's always kind of funny when they're like yeah you remember that thing in the real world like that's what we call it too okay anyway <laughs> well uh so so back to Littlefinger. like i mean i just wanted to tease that out a little bit like if he knows john as a targaryen and there's some chaos he can try to sow with Sansa in telling that to her. Um, I, presumably, like, Bran knows that, too. And presumably, Bran yeah. actually knows who owned the dagger. And and that may have been, like, a little lie detector he was test he was playing mm -hmm. with Littlefinger to see if Littlefinger would tell him, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I just wonder, I, I do like, I do think this is, like, a, a real delicious sort of twist. Like, la at the end of last season, it was kind of like, where are we going with uh, Peter Baelish? is it really going to be so stupid that he just marries Sansa, you know, or somehow cons her into that. And I just thought that was like a real weak way out for him, you know, yeah. and really getting him backed in that corner. I mean, I think he's super dangerous because we don't know yeah. what he will do. Um, but I, I don't know. Do you, does anyone, I mean, do either of you have a, a, a theory you've already thought about on like what happens if he spoils the Targaryen knowledge? I mean, does that alienate all the, the uh, you know, the, the sworn men of of House Stark, like, do all the other families just leave? All, all except for Lady Mormont. She stays, and she becomes the true <laughs> queen of the North, and she plays Peter Baelish, and then goes on to fight ten White Walker giants, and then <laughs> legends are sung about her. Just like the uh, the Bear and the Lady Fair, there will be a song about Lady Mormont that oh we... That we remember that's forever. It. I just, that's yeah. all I want. That's all I want in this world. I want like as, as, as badass as the last sequence, which we're going to get to was, I, I pray to God in heaven, either this year or the first episode of next year, there's some kind of sequence where Lady Mormont just cuts the shit out of White Walkers. <laughs> goes on this rampage and like, you know, you know, like, a, like, like Legolas, like jumps on a shield and goes downstairs. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then when like, you know, Jon Snow looks at her like impressed, she's like, 10 men, 10 men, my, like while pointing to herself. You know? I'll tell you, there was one of the greatest hy hypothesized theories I read, which totally like 
crazy uh, was I must have been in response to like Joe Robinson on Twitter or something when somebody said Bran is going to be the one that confronts uh, Tormund to um, call bullshit on his um, making love to a bear story. story. (laughs) But it was like Bran knows. And then and somebody said that like, oh, he's going to call BS. And then another commenter was like, oh, but what if it turns out it was one of the skin changers from the Northern Islands? And then that woman turned into Lady Mormont, who birthed Liana Mormont. (laughs) He's actually a child of... That's, and one oh my God. that's that's just all kinds of like as much as i want to see that explored like i think that's yeah. very low on the priority list of- yeah, but what if she is part bear anyway oh I, uh, a little cub so while we're there uh mira also says a a, a choked back teary goodbye to bran the emotionless robot God, well, he's the worst i'm gonna start referring to him as raven bran tm yeah. because <laughs> Because he like he he gave her an, um, an even more assholeish response than he did to Sansa. He's like, "Yeah, I, I don't think I was ever friends with you, but thanks." <laughs> and she's just like, and she's just like, "What the fuck? We went through everything together." He's like, "Yeah, well, you know, that version of me just died, so I'm sorry." Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just like, this is. He was so it was it, it was just so odd, and I, I just sat there thinking, oh did we miss a couple episodes where he became like a total asshole? Like. When did that occur? <laughs> because I remember there was a point last season, you know, it, it, you know they were escaping uh, you know, the, the 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 tree and everything. They met um, they met the the Stark. Cold I, hands. I, what's the cold Stark? Hands. Cold hands. Yeah, they met Cold Hands. And Bran was still, you know, he was a little aloof, but he wasn't like just, you know, he wasn't like, um, guess that you're never uh, going back through the wall, huh? Cold Hands. Not too bad for you. And just like like walking off. <laughs> he wasn't doing that. You know, he was a nice. So somewhere they just kind of pushed his transition like a little too far and fast over the edge, but. Uh, it's fine. I I love the fact that he's just kind of he just kind of exists to you know just just kind of you know be that guy now. Like hey, guess what? And just just share some knowledge. Like why well, is he at Winterfell if not so, to? I know, but so far he's not really sharing any knowledge. He's just well, kind of creeping people out with it. Sansa, <laughs> you looked so beautiful on the night that know, all that terrible uh, stuff happened. F you, friend. Like, why don't you do something goddamn useful? Luckily, I think, though, in the preview of the next episode, he does, like, say, like, hey, White Walkers are coming. Probably mm-hmm. we should get ready. But still, like, yeah, like, brand wa- like, and I think... It, it feels to me like this is going to be something that it's explored later. Like, you know, they do flashbacks, like where we saw some stuff and they're going to go back and, and we get to actually see what happened. But I mean, when we last saw them last season, Hodor was dead holding the door. Mm-hmm. Summer was dead. Jojen was already dead and Brent had eaten him. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Mira was like, then Mira just had to drag his nonsense you know emo ass like through the winter waste to the wall like for god knows how many days when he's like a weirdo and doesn't even care that his friends and and dire wolf are dead like i'm sure she's just sort of like she got to she was sick of him like by the time we got there and but was still hoping like that something of the friend that she knew because in the books it like it's kind of implied that maybe they like each other like that he you know he thinks she's beautiful and wants to protect her and all this stuff so I think it, I was really, I, I was like heartbroken for her. Like she, she, yeah. she, she believed in him because the brother believed in him. And now the brother's dead. Her dad is maybe dead. I have not even heard anything from Helen Reed. Like 
and her friend, this friend that she has spent all this time with is also essentially dead. Like she just sort of inundated with grief and that she kind of yeah. just wanted to see if anything of Bran was left. Well, and obviously it's not. Yeah. And she kind of got her answer, you know, she, yeah. that, I, that line of hers, you really died in that cave or whatever. That's just final. It's like, she gets it. It's over. We're probably never going to see her again. Like this might be the last time that yeah. character is on screen. So it's like, wow, what a, what a off-putting tragic ending to this character. It's like, she's yeah. like, fine. fine well, fine. we did see a great grouping of characters when Arya meets Brienne. Oh and my God. I, for one, am hoping well, that's the only spinoff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah right. her. <laughs> uh, And which is interesting because like the last time we saw her, she was basically going, I don't want your help. Get, you know, trying to use her as a distraction so she can get away from both her and the Hound. Um, and it's just, you know, so you'd think Brienne would be a little bit more put off by that. Maybe that's why she's like, you know, brother getting her to the kitty squad at first. But like, I just, I, when, as soon as she approached Brienne, I'm like, how is this going to go? And the fact that she used her little sword to like whiplash that giant thing that Brienne's talking around, I'm like, oh my God, the choreography was really goddamn good. And it wasn't like stunt people for the most part. It was a largely, you know, shots of them doing it. I was, I was blown away. I love that scene. Yeah. It was awesome. And I I really, I was probably, besides the ending sequences, I was the most nervous for this scene. Mm. I don't really know why. I think I'm just, Arya is so unpredictable now mm -hmm. um, in that Brienne, you know, she knows who Brienne is. Brienne told her before, you know, and I think Arya, I would have to rewatch the episode, but I think Arya goes like, you know, if you were sworn to protect my mother, why is she dead? You know, like, I, I, I just had this nervousness about it, that Arya yeah. was maybe not going to be friendly to Brienne. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, because of what happened to Sansa as well, and what happened to her mother, and and I, yeah, I just you know was what? really nervous. You know what? Uh, her Podrick took took the place of that conversation, but he's basically like, you didn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, or no, she no, she said she that. Said that he kind of provoked her. She's like, I didn't really do much. And I, I like that that's still a thing that she's still feeling regret for that. Cause it may translate into a really badass. you know, she may sit, she may sacrifice herself for, for well, one of those kids. That would I be do incredible. Think that, that, that she, that they had that conversation because she was feeling very out of place at Winterfell. Yeah. And then just a moment later when, when Arya wants to train with her, I think that gave her that purpose. Mm -hmm. of like, Oh, you know, I can, I can team up with this little spitfire. And yeah, uh, you can do something cool. I mean, yeah. uh, like I oh, said, the expressions on those actors' faces during that fight so communicated oh, so God. much. Arya's smile at the end was just, oh, was so, oh, so, so awesome. Good. Yeah. I do want to point out too, speaking of the choreography, the move that she uses at the end oh. is the move that, so I think his name is Sorrel or Sirio. Um, oh, yeah. The teacher tried to teach her that first time, like in King's Landing. So it was so perfect of like her journey culminated in like not being a, you know, being kind of this spoiled child, you know, even though she was kind of rough and tumble back then, but not being able to do this and then finally coming home and you know being a master like that she yeah. she had finally mastered this one thing um it was so cool i got chills like a little bit like oh, is that moon yeah quick quick shout out i really liked the moment right before that where uh son you know when sounds and brand are sitting there and, and brand kind of confirms that aria's list is real because sansa thought it was yeah, fake. Yeah. She, and, and then sansa almost goes she kind of does a double take and then goes who else is on your list yeah like <laughs> sansa embracing just that aspect and i think when I saw her watching the 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 Brienne Arya thing, just 
Sansa almost like going, oh, this, this I can I can make good use of this. Like, yeah, An yeah, another amazing expression, like so much communicated through Sophie Turner's <laughs> just watching yeah, yeah. the battle. I just I expected like you know like the fangs, like her to just grow fangs and turn around and look at Littlefinger, like oh yeah. yeah. I well, know, it was, do now. It was like, oh shit. It was yeah. nice to see her though, like not be uppity about it. Like, cause I, you know, if this were yeah. five years ago, her reaction would be like, my sister's hogging on my attention. And you know, and just like think about it that way. And it's nice for her to go, hey man, my family is going to kick some fucking ass right now. And like, yeah. and just, you know, being proud of that and kind of embracing that and just like, you know, stark pride when she sees uh -huh. Arya. That's what I took away from it. And little fingers mm -hmm. like, kind of funny polite sort of nod at the end where he's obviously yeah, he's flustered like, and terrified he's like shit, shit. he's like packing his things he's like to the men of the area with me we're, yeah. we're leaving all of us right now don't ask why there's one of us left the burner on we're all if, going now what if lil robin aaron comes up to fight <laughs> oh god <laughs> hey, if so we let's... never see him again it'll be too soon yeah it'll yeah exactly there's just the, the ending, the ending, the ending credits. Like it'll be one of those things like with Clue where there's multiple endings. I have this, I have this vision of there being like multiple, uh, you know, post credits like stingers. One of them, of course, is Gendry just still rowing, you know, out there by himself. <laughs> but I want another one of like Robin Aaron just like sitting like on the moon door ledge, just like looking down and just chucking, <laughs> chucking unforgivable shit out the moon door, you know, just like silently. And then like, and at the very end, he goes, <laughs> and then just cuts, you know, cuts to black. Laughing. Wouldn't it have been now you're making me uh, so upset that when John was like Daenerys come into this cave with me, they're like, we didn't just see Gendry sitting in there in a boat. <laughs> um, anyway, let's go south to King's Landing and uh, catch up yeah. with Cersei, who has this great conversation at the beginning of the show um, with Tycho Nestoris um, from the Iron Bank. And, uh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, I, I don't even Mycroft? I only call him oh. Mycroft. Like, I don't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! Is that some? Is that a Game of Thrones name, or is that? No, it's no. Mycroft Holmes. He's he's in Sherlock Holmes as Mycroft. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, oh. Sherlock. He's, he's Mark Gaddis. He's he's the executive producer of uh, of Sherlock and and Doctor Who. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, right. So I know him as uh, actually I know him as Tycho Nestoris, which is what I called him for years as I read the book. <laughs> and then some. I heard someone on a different podcast called Tycho, and I was like, what? Uh, that conversation at the beginning between the two of them was better foreshadowing than all of the like previously on game of thrones yeah I, it was yeah. so I, I mean literally like just watching it open the show i'm going wait why does he keep saying like you know only when the money is delivered like it was yeah. clear that cersei was getting ahead of herself it was just so delicious again to watch that like <laughs> and so we're gonna say in the next scene that we discuss uh you know when we get the answer to that but um uh, yeah, do he does mention the Golden Company? Uh, mm -hmm. Do we think that they're going to play a role here somehow? God, I hope not. I mean, what's the point? Like, why? Why do they even do that? They're like, oh, you know, the Golden Company. Dun dun dun. It's like, oh Christ, we don't need, we don't need to be introduced to some like you know, rogue captain of some you know foreign army that's just going to get burned to burned to ash anyway. It's like, I, it's like, what? Why? Why? It's as useless as useless as Euron showing up at this point. Yeah. I, Emily, any thoughts? I mean, I know we we sort of discussed that offline, or at least we talked about the the legend of the Golden Company. Which yeah, you, I mean, I thought it was 
Yeah, I thought that it was interesting that they would show up. I mean, they've been mentioned before, um, I think, in Breaker of Chains when we meet the other kind of like mercenary uh, comp- uh, second sons that right, right, right. Harris is um, So, but yeah, the, the Golden Company was founded by another very um, outsidery Targaryen bastard, um, Agor. And so Agor, along with some of his other brothers, started the Blackfire Rebellion, which is like this whole big like oh, mythic cool. yeah, like in in the the ethos yeah. of of Targaryens. Like it's kind of one of the cool things. And so but the interesting thing about Egor is that he really hated Brendan Rivers, which is the, the three raven. raven. Yeah. So I thought that was really but I think the why they're bringing it up now besides the sort of like cool callback of like they keep doing this of like reminding us that the Targaryens are really storied yeah. people and a storied family. Um Jorah Mormount used to be in the Golden Company. Wait, oh. really? Yeah. And Has so the now, show established that yet? Is that is that canon? I think so. And he's when he first meets her, I think they talk about it that she's like, so if you're a knight from Westeros, you know, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh I left. I was in the Golden Company. Um, oh my god i remember yeah. that now wow and so now jorah is like on the loose and so, look jorah on the loose so i would be really curious if they're trying if they're gonna try to link that up of like the jorah to come back to khaleesi with this gift of the golden company oh god there's no time the of the whole world. there's ten thousand of these dudes and they're all skilled, <laughs> bloodthirsty fighters. Well, wait, 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 wait. They're wait, crazy. Wait a second. No, no, wait. If there's 10,000 of them, we're going to get to the point where, like, any warrior from Essos is going to be, like, I'm not going to Westeros. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> who goes to Westeros who's a warrior fucking dies and never comes back. The Dothraki are all gone. The Golden Company is all gone. The Unsullied are all gone. Like, there's nobody on Essos anymore to fight anybody else. Like, there's universal peace, which is awesome because there's just no warriors left. I'm certainly not going to go over there again. Like, there's just, there'll just be Jack and Hagar, like, sweeping the floors. That'll be all that's left. Yeah. Well, uh, let's briefly uh, take an aside to to talk about the Unsullied because something's got to happen with them. Like, that's, something's got to happen. They're stranded. Um, I believe Tyrion mentioned or somebody mentioned having them march back because there's no grain in the stores for them. Well, that's a good thing too because Daenerys just procured them a whole lot of, oh, no, she didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, yeah, do we have any predictions or, or, you know, curiosities there on, do we just think the Unsullied will march back to, you know, someplace off the coast so that Dragons can send they're all red shirts at this point it doesn't mean oh no okay yeah. well let's i won't delay any longer if and we should just jump into what i think is one of the most awkward scene names ever the loot train battle <laughs> did you uh, give it this name no 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 i've seen this pop up oh, really God. yeah it's like the when you see the like sort of uh behind the scenes like effects that's what they're calling you know behind the scenes of a loot train battle so we the right. episode actually does ep- open on um, Jamie and Braun uh, having conversation with Dickon, um, Dickon Tarley. Um, <laughs> That's one of my favorite, one of my favorite, like intentionally humorous lines. What's your name there, Rickon? Uh, Dickon. <laughs> it's just yeah. like written by Eric Idle, <laughs> or like, or like John Cleese, like wrote a joke. For well, the, the fact uh, that it's like a cult, like they did it last episode, and then to have yeah. Braun actually laugh out loud at it this this episode, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so funny. We do learn that 
Randall Tarley, Sam's dad and Dickon's dad, is a, a tremendous a dick, dick face. Yeah, <laughs> he is a dick on himself. I mean, we already knew this, I think. I feel like. Yeah, and he wants to whip his own soldiers who are dawdling. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. But, um, I, I, you know, so there's that. There's this great establishing thing of Braun wants his money, he wants his castle, he wants his lands or whatever. Um, but they've got to march back with the money. They've got to win the war before Jamie can give him any empty castle or whatever. Um, I thought it was pretty pretty gutsy of him to ask for Highgarden too. It's like, no, dude, you yeah. get to have that melted shit over in the in the west side of the country. <laughs> like, Hall. Yeah, we say yeah. we say we save Highgarden for the really you know the really good the good people who've done us some favors. Like you're, you're, you've been a friend, but you're going to, they gave, they gave freaking, I mean, obviously high garden wasn't theirs to give, but they gave freaking Heron Hall the little finger and he did a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He was way more valuable to him. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'd like, uh, I like that castle right there, please. And I just, I, I just can't imagine the indignation in Jamie's mind at that moment where it's just like, are you the fuck did you just say? Like, I just can't, I like know? the, a needled him. About uh, Lady uh, Olena, that was really great. Like, what yeah, you know, did yeah. she prick you one last time? Um, great yeah. Rose reference there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so there's this opening scene. They establish that the the train of men is is spread out. Half of them have crossed the river or something, and the other half hadn't. And they need to hurry up for nightfall so that they're not too spread out. And then they hear this noise, and. Uh, Taylor, I already know that you knew what was coming, but Emily, did you? Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> you know so, I always, my hearing is not super good. And so my, I always have, and just like a habit, um, Peter's father is, is hard of hearing. So we always have the closed captioning on now, like always for any oh, show, like wherever I am. And so I was like watching and it was like, what's all that? Like gathering smoke and so gathering clouds and stuff and then i heard I, the closed caption said hoofbeats and i was like oh my god it's the jothraki like i couldn't believe it and then they did they did the dragon screech and i like i like peed my pants like i lost my mind like i just couldn't believe we were gonna get both the dothraki and the dragon right fight like i couldn't believe they right. drug it. They drug it out though, so perfectly. Like yeah, yeah. The point where, and, really and, and, well I mean, paced. The, the thing that I loved most about it, it had this like Kubrickian like music, like the score, where it was just like single discorded tones, like mm-hmm. and just it kind of came just very slightly faded in, and you di- and you heard like the you know the the rumbling of the hooves, so you knew like okay, but then you didn't know if like where how the dragon was gonna appear, like was it gonna appear, and then just to hear. You know, every time they, the camera, you know, shows the men assembling and you know, the Lannister soldiers are getting together. Trembling getting together. too. Yeah, it cuts yeah. back to the hill and you think, okay, now it cuts back to the hill. Still nothing there, but the, it's, the sound is louder. Cuts back to the Lannister, cuts back to the hill. Still nothing. I was just like, oh my yeah. God, come on. And the, that, that score just kept inserting itself into the scene. And then to hear the whole like, just like the uh, the screaming. Actually, Rachel, my fiance, like had leaned in and she's like, is that a woman screaming? I'm like, no, that's like, 10,000 murderous bastards, you know, <laughs> creepy. I mean, yeah. just, that, just that creepiness. And it was funny that it mirrored, I'm sure probably unintentionally, but it mirrored the same scene of the, of Helm's Deep arriving, or not Helm's yeah, Deep. Yeah, that's uh, what I uh, thought uh, too. Yeah. Theoden and his, uh, what the hell is Theoden's yeah. kingdom called? Whatever. Um, Theoden and his, his, his uh, Ro- soldiers Ro- arriving Ro- at the, uh, yeah, Rohan, the riders of Rohan arriving at, um, 
uh, at the White Tower to uh, God, I can't think of any game of uh, Lord of the Rings references. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but that, that same scene where they ride over and you in, in an act of like hope, like oh my God, you're here, they're gonna save the day. This time, that same scene, if only it's just like the, the an, every man who survives that, that will be their nightmare. Is just seeing that for oh, the yeah. rest of their lives. That's the story they're gonna tell. The day that this gigantic army came, and then the dragon above, you know, just like if that wasn't bad, the Dothraki weren't bad enough. They had to, you know, endure a whole one entire gigant, you know, gigantic dragon. Like that's, yeah, yeah. I just I can't. Let me ask. Let me ask this question though. Was the intention of this this raid meant to meant to be for a story or meant to be for a strategy? And I ask that because strategically it was kind of stupid it, it she she burned up a bunch of grain like just i mean it was, she was like having fun like just detonating these grain these grain wagons and she lost you know not a significant amount but enough dothraki where she could have like led with a dragon you know and the dothraki could have followed and she probably could have mowed down you know anything standing in their way so she let some of them go I just I, I wonder if it, strategically it doesn't make any sense as a story it's it's going to be something that you know, it's going to be like a propaganda machine, like you've never seen. Those any anyone who lives is going to go back, or she might, you know, she might do the token, like you know, one soldier, like I'll leave you alive to go back and tell them what happened here. You know, like that kind of thing. I just imagine it's it's meant to do that more than to be strategic. But I didn't know if anybody else saw that. No, I, I think it's absolutely strategic. Yeah, me too. And I was going to talk about this when me and Todd get into a fight about Daenerys later, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that we're gonna get in a fight, Todd. Um, that it, I, I mean, it was obviously a very good story, but I think too, it really was strategic in a sense that we saw during um, the War of the Five Kings how quickly the people of King's Landing turn on their monarchs when there's no food. So okay. yeah, Danny doesn't get that food to, to feed her soldiers, but you know they've survived this long somehow. They don't really talk about what they have like with them, but neither does neither do the Lannisters and really Danny knows that even if her people are starving they will stay with her the mm. same could not be said about the people in King's Landing that if the people in King's Landing are not fed by the food that she burned up they will murder people in the streets mm. okay. so I think okay. that I think it was absolutely strategic in that sense of like maybe she didn't need it but they really did and, and I think, too, it was just a, a really good show of force on her part and, and enough of her, like, good heart of where she um, targeted people who could defend themselves if you, there is a defense against Dragonfire and Dothraki. You know, she didn't, she didn't want to go to – she could have flown directly to the Red Keep. It was right there. We could see it on the horizon, and she didn't because she wanted to show people that she's not here for that. Like that she wants to hit him where it hurts militaristically, not in the people. Hmm. Well, it's interesting that you both talked about the grain because what I took from it was they they were the money can't be transported. Oh, the money is already planning, in King's Landing. Yeah, no, there was a no. Yeah, Randall Tarley says the money is already past the gates. It's a blink and you miss it line. I had actually, because I, I, the but, first time through, I didn't see it. And I was on IO9 and they're like, oh, no, no. And so I went back. I'm like, oh, shit, right. So the gold is out of the picture. But I, but okay. That's an interesting blink and you miss it line because a very careful line that Cersei says to Tycho, my brother is escorting it here personally. Yeah. 
Correct. It's just, but they had that, the train had gotten separated. So then I wonder why everyone who made this scene calls it the loot train battle. Well, it's still loot. I mean, it's still, <laughs> still food is loot when you're hungry. Well, food is money, Todd. Food is life. For me, for back to the strategic <laughs> question, I think it's absolutely strategic because uh, you've probably found this in your scouring the internet, uh, you know, about this week's episode. But of course, in episode five, season one, Cersei and Robert Baratheon, her then husband, are talking about Daenerys. And Robert Baratheon says, if the Targaryen girl convinces her horse lord husband to invade and the Dothraki horde cross the narrow sea, we won't be able to stop them. And he goes on. Uh, only a fool would meet the Dothraki in an open field. Mm. So I think Daenerys and Tyrion realize that, and they realize, like, this is why we strike them now. Mm. This is a strategy, because they are exposed. Oh, I don't think Tyrion had any part of this. I think he's been yeah. on the bench. I, I think I she was literally there to watch. And I think that's kind of like, yeah. a, a, like a dig in the side, like kind of Danny's only really, like, pettiness in this whole thing of that she really wanted to see where his loyalties lie yeah. and i think she kind of mm. wanted him to watch his family's army burn yeah. interesting yeah well it kind of felt like too like the other the, his dothraki dothraki escorts were seeing to it yeah know? yeah well that's true yeah yeah they'd be like no you're yeah. gonna watch i just but it, and yeah. also it was that part of it but it was also a little bit of her going hey i know strategy better than you and you're going to watch that too. You're going to watch me actually know what I'm, you know, not listen to you for once and actually succeed here. Like it just kind of had that a couple little digs at him. Do you think, do you think now that uh, Jamie and Braun are, you know, almost assuredly alive somehow that they'll be taken in and we can get some scenes with Jamie and Tyrion or Braun and Tyrion, hopefully before the end? Well, I'm just bummed that Braun, I mean, as as much as I love his character, like he, I really felt like he should have died in that that battle. Mm-hmm. That felt like <laughs> that felt like the rightful end to him. Well, it was just it was right after he had had all these like you know lines about like his future. Like you know it was a little foreshadowed too. You could almost say like it was just like this is what I'm going to do and this is what I want in the world and blah blah blah. And then to have him you know have to die via you know awesomely awesome you know awesome <laughs> heroic brawn moment. Yeah. Did we see him go into the water too? Yeah, I think oh, we was, did. I don't know that we saw his face. I rewatched that a couple times, but I, I okay. think it's pretty heavily implied that was Braun. Yeah, I saw a lot, a lot of people. I I said Braun too because he was maybe the closest. But a lot of people said, yeah. um, I almost called him Rickon again, Dickon. Dickon. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like he. It would have to be someone big enough to like knock Jamie off his horse in shallow water. Well, and Dickon is a giant human man. Interesting. Um, I have a very good friend in Rome named Rickon Dickon. Because <laughs> Dickon, uh, well, I the one of the reasons I watched it was because Braun is not on a horse when we leave mm-hmm. him. Like he mm-hmm. jumps off that scorpion, and it's not like we see him jump on a horse. And yeah. whoever jumps, you know, knocks Jamie off is on another horse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe that was Dickon because last time we saw Dickon, he was on a horse. So yeah, I'm so I mean, I, who who knows? But I, and yeah, I don't know what will happen with Braun. But I was I'm just like really mad at him now. Like how dare he go after Drogon? It's so mean. Yeah, no kidding. I ugh. I, ugh. I know that's probably why I wanted him to die. <laughs> just where he was sitting there, I just felt like he. That I, I was projecting a little bit that he was thinking, oh, he's going to be Braun of the Blackwater or whatever that shoots down the first dragon in a thousand years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he dropped his gold, he had that moment of like, shit, yeah. I could take my gold and like leave. But he, yeah, he chose to be like, well, but if I, if I do this, they'll definitely give me High Garden. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, if you don't do this, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not only the gold, but, but both those two things together. He looks at the gold. He's clearly like just this venal person who wants his payout. He's still a sellsword. And then the way he looks at Drogon as like, yeah, this will be, this will be the thing that gets me the castle or whatever. It, it, there is he's not a good dude no <laughs> no has true. been you know yeah, as much but, as charming like, as he is charming yeah but like he you know he's he's a mercenary and he would he, i think he said it himself he'd sell out his own mother you know like yeah, he's yeah. he's not a he's not a good guy in this sense so guys i gotta ask is drogon not long for this world because that had to be a poison a, a poison spear had to be why would it be poison because it was called a scorpion like but I think yeah. it's the way that the weapon is shaped. Quiburn loves his poisons and chemicals. Yeah, we've got a lot of poison stuff. I don't oh. like that. Um, I don't but know. I really didn't Yeah, I mean, they never implicitly said it, so I don't know. But... Yeah, I, I would, I would hate for them to reveal that later. Like, oh, also, it was poisoned. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> yeah. I, just I just think Quiburn loves loves chemistry so much and this is just another way for you know they just made a batch to kill Ilaria to you know torture Ilaria so yeah just, you know it's like uh, anyway anyway I just I, I that was an interesting question and the other one was just why she brought just one like why wouldn't she just bring them all and just completely you know at that point you wouldn't even need the Dothraki would you well, yeah. I there... mean, I said this in the notes. Yeah, I think she really just kind of wanted to show what she could do with one. Yeah. Like, if she could do this with one, what could she do with three? You know, it, it, it mm-hmm. makes you think. Mm-hmm. It makes her enemies think of, like, holy shit, she killed 5,000 of us with 6,000 Dothraki and a dragon. What is she going to do with 10,000 Dothraki, 8,000 Unsullied, and three of these dragons? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Drogon yeah. is her favorite. Drogon is the biggest and the meanest and, and her baby. So Well, and the only one that she rides. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, we are we are close to our time, and I think we got to wrap things up. Um, oh, wait, before you, we do, before yeah. we do, I have one more question about this, about this battle. Are we sure beyond all doubt that Ed Sheeran was actually killed in the attack. Do we know? <laughs> I don't what? think so, because he said that his group were going to the twins, and that's no, like the opposite direction. No, no. I know. I'm sorry. I know. Oh. <laughs> I was just, I was kind of hoping he, you know, of the amazing, you know, the amazing, like, you know, uh, ash bodies that would just blow away. Like we, the camera would just pan over and it'd be Ed Sheeran's shape, just like, <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Oh, he was there. Bye, Ed. Which, by the way, I mean, how badass was that? Like, the fire was so oh my god ruthless that you know, with some of those guys, they would just instantly turn to ash. Like that was just—I mean, it was—it was as much the living hell that hard home was in terms of just the the relentless nature of the the oncoming force, and as sort of visceral as Battle of the Bastards was, was where you could just feel what it was like to be there on that battlefield and just how unending, just like unending hell. Like just both of those things you know, slammed together. I don't, I, it makes me wonder if this is where they're going. Like what happens when they start pairing this and hard home together, you know, and like these epic clashes, like how, <laughs> I mean, good God, like how much Starring money no they, actors. Yeah. I mean, seriously, thousands and millions of pixels at that point, it's just going to have to be pixels versus all of us. Cause it's, I just don't know. Ah, oh, man. Well, let's talk about what we saw in the next week. Uh, uh, you know, coming up next week trailer. Um, we did see a scene, or at least we heard a voice of Varys speaking to Tyrion, we believe, saying, 
someone's got to make Daenerys listen. Yeah. Um, I, I take that as a, as a potential foreshadow that she's maybe going mad queen or maybe be fulfilling Todd, your, your sort of original assumption that she would be the villain of the show. Are you guys ready to get into the fight? (laughs) Well, we're all out of time. (laughs) (laughs) My apologies, Emily Kelly. We'll see her next time. (laughs) Like that Matt Damon, Jimmy Kimmel thing. That's me. So we all agree that she's the villain, but no, uh, actually, Emily, I didn't write that question in the notes. That was Taylor. God damn it, Taylor. Fight with both of you. Um, Okay, but like, let's, I said that, because I got a little, like, if you read my tweets, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I got a little spicy about people talking talking shit about Danny. So here's my thing, okay? And I'll keep it short. Um, there's only one Mad Queen on Game of Thrones, and her name is not yep. Daenerys Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Okay? Her name is Cersei Lannister. I mean, like, C- Cersei Lannister killed thousands of people with Ares' weapon of choice, wildfire. She killed men, women, and children, innocent people in the middle of a city while in a religious institution. Okay, she just chained a mother to the wall to watch her daughter die and then rot away in front of her. (laughs) But you say it that way. I I mean, like, Danny saved thousands of slaves. Like, she, I just, I really, and like, you're obviously everyone's entitled to their opinions and not everyone's gonna like Danny, but I just feel like, you know, if we're gonna talk about a, you know, we're going to talk about a villain. The villain is obviously Cersei. You know, she delights, yeah. she literally said it herself. Like she delights in staying up at night and thinking about ways to murder her enemies. Yeah. You know, she, she is very much this mad queen way more than Danny could ever be. And so someone said this, cause I was getting kind of like riled up on Twitter. Um, his name is Justin. And he said, people who think that Danny is the villain will be disappointed. Mm. And that's, that's exactly, I'm trying yeah, not to get uh, too mad because like, I, that's what I want. I want to prove people wrong that she's the hero of this story. One of the yeah. heroes of this story. And that she has been all along. And like when her and Jon Snow ride off on their dragons at the end of this, after destroying all the white walkers and their reign is the most peaceful and prosperous that Westeros has ever seen. I'm not even going to say I told you so. I'm just going to smirk knowingly and sip wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I actually agree with that. I have a, uh, I think the problem Well, the people, I don't know, the, I saw some other comments about um, people not being behind Daenerys, um, which is funny because like within my group of friends that watch, I'm the only one who would ever say something bad about Daenerys. But my re- the reason I don't like her is not because I have suspected she's a villain all along. I just think her character has been done terribly and which is not necessarily like Daenerys's fault per se, just that like, they've either done things way too obviously or way too subtly to like stay consistent with her. Um, (laughs) You know, I just, it's kind of like the bend to the knee thing. It's like, we get it. You've said it in every episode. Like you're just making yourself look like this entitled crazy person. Um, But you're absolutely right. There's one mad queen. And what I was thinking about after our last episode is how the tables have really turned. uh, And Mm -hmm. when this all started, it was this very like, you know, we got a lot of Robert talking about the Mad King and um, we knew the Targaryens, uh, you know, married brother and sister and things like that. And now what do we have? We have a Mad Queen who's sleeping with her brother and has been all her life. And like you said, is literally using like the fire that, um, you know, that the Mad King didn't even use on his own people. <laughs> like she's already used that on her own people. She's Cersei is absolutely the villain and 
uh, Daenerys is a hero if a, you know, kind of poorly sketched out one in my opinion sometimes. And she's so beautiful. <laughs> Ugh. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. We get that you like the redheads more than the white hair, the silver hairs. It's fine. And we could have we could have got that Tamsin what's her face, the original. There was another actress who was cast before um before uh what's Samantha the current clerk. Yes, thank you. Uh yeah, oh, and really? she's yeah, there was a couple. There was There's a couple. A whole pilot shot with her, right? Yeah, oh. whole pilot. Catelyn Stark and Daenerys were two two completely different actresses. Oh my god! And I'm glad they recast. It just would it would not have yeah. been the same. She is a delight. Like just like when you see the back, like the the you like this is acting like all of them too. Like and that's what I was reading that um, Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner are like you know they're BFFs like in real life, and then they said it was embarrassing to act against each other because they haven't against each other in like seven years or something <laughs> but okay see that was less of a fight amelia clark though but like <laughs> i was thinking about this too like go back to her very first episode man she has threaded a very solid organic transition mm-hmm. from this naive girl to this like power hungry woman and it's just yeah. like yeah I, I don't, you know mm. it's really well done i don't doubt the actor's like ability to do anything or like that i just think some of the writing has been kind of ham-fisted so. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think we can all agree, like that they've they've had a hard time with the female characters of the show, and it's got definitely gotten a lot better. Um, there was a really dark period, like two seasons ago, but yeah, it's definitely gotten <laughs> gotten a lot uh, a lot better treating them with respect and and allowing them to to be these characterizations like that are pretty pretty cool and like pretty yeah. pretty awesome. Well, I'm just hoping we have three episodes left in the season. I'm hoping they I, that the percentage of dragon fire only increases in every episode. Does <laughs> every, just, every like, they're just going to blow their whole budget. Like every HBO right. show now, other than Game of Thrones, has no budget. If the seventh yeah. episode just looked like one of those like Yule log videos that you put on there, <laughs> dragon fire, like with the occasional peak of like a dragon face, I would be okay with that. I'm honestly gonna rewatch Reign of Fire just to get in more dragons. Oh my because, god. They really <laughs> animated Drogon. I mean like you got to see oh, him in his it full was good. Like, it was really of all the cinematic dragons that have ever been, it may be the best. I mean yeah. honestly. It, he, it's yeah. amazing. Like just the articulation of the neck, the way he moves, <laughs> like the way like when he's mid flight and like he sort of has to like like hummingbird style go mid flight and like you know uh, oh, yeah. fire that way. Just like mm-hmm. everything felt so believable. Unless in some of the it's funny though some of the cgi shots of her writing him were a little eh, but like him just yeah. as a as a character like as a model you're like jesus yeah, yeah he it was, was really incredible good. yes yeah. and i'm really excited next week that we saw in the preview that john will get to see the we'll get to see drogon up close for the first time and i think that's maybe one like the first step of like hey oh shit <laughs> my dragon likes him like what is happening um, oh man, I hope it's, maybe maybe I don't want Dragonfire. Maybe I just want like a lovable comedy where like he learns how to train. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. No, he has to ride um right rice rice I think is Rigal 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 because obviously it's named for his dad. Like he would have to ride that one. Hmm. Duh. Um. Yeah, that's a good call. I think yes. Theon's gonna ride Viserion. No. <laughs> he's a secret targaryen and with that, we're out of time <laughs> oh my God.
Hey, just like mic drop and like walk yeah. away. <laughs> Emily, where can people find you on social media? Oh my god, um, you can find me um, <laughs> and yell at me about my generic Targaryen opinions, I suppose, on Twitter and Instagram. That Emily Kelly. Um, you can also check out my podcast here on the There Network. It's fan theories. We just talked about um, Harry Potter, but we also had a Game of Thrones one. If you like to hear me talk about Game of Thrones. Um, you know what one yeah. they should also listen to is the first one. Yeah. I mean, they should listen to all of them. But oh, I just yeah. I just rewatched Rogue One and was like, oh, oh yeah, we did a fan theories on that. We got like yeah. it's kind of cool to think back on what we, you know, what the fan theories were that we discussed before um yeah, it, before it the movie was came all out. wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every, but it's just still fun to think theory. about. Every theory except for that Galen did purposely put a kill switch in the Death Star. That was the only theory that was mm. right. <laughs> You know, that's a but thing. Yeah, I, a you and Peter one. don't go back and do uh, scorecards, do you? How many were right? <laughs> I, I was thinking that we would, like, maybe do, like, a YouTube follow-up because it would be just, like, five minutes or something. Um, that would be fun. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Yes, check out Fan <laughs> Theories. Taylor, where can people find this podcast, which is called Wednesday in Westeros? They can find this podcast uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Pocket Casts, and SoundCloud, wherever else you might want to find. Uh, just, just Google Wednesday in Westeros. Yeah, just Google Wednesday in Westeros. We're there as well as all our podcasts. Uh, find us on SoundCloud. Find us on, actually visit us, findusthere.org. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Seven blessings to you all. And Azora High.